Welcome back to the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different than our other episodes. You're not going to hear a fancy intro or get to go to a blog post that'll lead you right to the episode. And that's because this week I am solo on the podcast. I have been busy preparing for our Wild Child Summer Retreat tomorrow. We are so excited to spend the day with all the Wild Child Garden Club members and Academy students, and it is going to be a wonderful day, and it has taken us lots of time to get ready for this special day. So I'm recording this podcast from my car, and I am driving right now to a beautiful flower farm about two and a half hours from my house where I am going to pick and gather a little bit of excitement for the ladies who are coming tomorrow. We decided that Team Wild Child needed a road trip. So I'm meeting our community manager, Lindsay, there. And so I figured instead of just not having a podcast this week, that's not my personality at all. Instead, I would just go ahead and record it from the car, upload it, and you could know how to plan for a vacation a little time away from your garden. That's what we're talking about today. So it might sound a little different, but the content is going to be the same. And I think that you're going to be glad you have this. I want you to know that there will never be a time that I will ever say no to something with my family or a time away with my husband or with my girls because of my garden. Our gardens are beautiful. They are productive. We want to tend them and and steward them well, but our families are always going to trump that. So with that being said, there's probably going to be some times this summer that you're going to be out of town. Times this summer that you are going to be away from your garden for at least 24 hours. That's okay. There's just a few things you need to do to set yourself up, and then go away in confidence. Enjoy your time away and come back to a garden that is doing just fine. Come back to a garden that is growing itself. That is the wild child way, and that is the beauty of the do-over season. In all actuality, if you are planting a do-over garden, then this is the perfect time to go away because What you're going to find is that what is going to cause you problems in these summer months is out of your garden. And what you're planting is plants that love the summer heat, that are really pest and disease free. So you don't have to really tend to them all that much. Where we run into trouble is when we try to hold on to those summer vegetables. We are trying so hard to just get one more tomato off of that vine that we planted in March. When we start to do that, the fun goes right out of the window and we start to sort of have this white knuckle approach to gardening. That's not the wild child way. We want to enjoy our garden. We want our garden to be able to grow itself. We want our garden to produce and overproduce for us, but we need it to be easy to grow. And so with that being said, the do-over season 
is really a huge part of that. And if you don't know what the do-over season is, let me just share that with you real quick. It is this tiny window in between summer and fall. And we really, a lot of times, skip right over it in the garden. We plant our spring vegetables and then we plant our fall vegetables. And somewhere in the meantime, during summer, we start to really wave the white flag. We start to sort of have enough. We start to feel like this is just not worth it. I'm sure you felt that way before. The borers have taken over the squash. The stink bugs have taken over the tomatoes. The peppers are ripening so fast that you can't even get a decent sized one off your plant. A lot of times we find ourselves here sometime mid-July. And what ends up happening is we get frustrated. We walk away from the garden. We wave the white flag. And in doing that, we roll out the red carpet for, our, for the pests to come and overwinter in our beds, which means they will be right there waiting for us whenever the spring season comes back around. And we miss out on such an exciting time in the garden. I don't want you to do that this year. And I certainly don't want you to do that because you've gone away on vacation unprepared. I want you to know the magic of a summer garden, to enjoy the do-over season. There is so much left to grow and you can still plant your fall vegetables. This is not gonna stop you from doing any of that. If you want more information about the do-over season, join us inside the Kitchen Garden Academy. Our do-over academy is up and going. We would love to have you join us. And actually, on June 25th, we're going to be planning out our do-over gardens. We're going to be determining what we're going to grow, how we're going to space them, and how we're going to work around what's already there that we want to keep in our gardens, as well as what is going to be coming in fall. There's a method to the madness, and I'll always share it with my Academy students in our online live planning session. And that's going to be on June 25th. We would love to have you with us. And if you aren't able to catch that live, if you're listening after the June 25th date, don't worry. All of our sessions are recorded and linked inside of the Academy, so you can always have access to it. We would love to have you join us there. The only thing that is coming in between you and an amazing garden this summer is an education. I would love to help you grow. You can get more details at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash academy. Now back to vacations. So often we see gardeners come to us about mid to late July and they say, I went out of town for a week. I came back and my garden is destroyed. My garden is ruined. I don't know what to do. Do I just cut everything out? What do I do? It doesn't have to be that way. And I'm going to tell you a few things that I want to make sure you do anytime you leave your garden for more than 24 hours. And when you do these things, you're going to find that you come back and your garden doesn't look like you've ever been gone. You have gone, been gone for a couple days and it has not missed a beat. That's what we want. We want our gardens to be able to grow themselves. So, there's a few things we have to do, but keep in mind, if you find yourself in that camp and you come home from vacation and everything is destroyed, 
the do-over season is here and it is perfect for you to just start over. It's really an amazing aspect of gardening in the South. We get to do that. Lots of people don't. Take advantage. But if you follow these tricks, I don't think you're going to have this problem. So let's get started with number one. The very most important thing I want you to do before you leave on a vacation where you're going to be gone from your garden for more than 24 hours is I want you to pick before you leave. Couple reasons why. First is because you're going to come home to overripe vegetables if you don't. When I say pick, I don't mean wipe the garden out. I mean get everything out of your garden that is ripe. That's because when you come home 24 hours later, it's going to be overripe. You could have a melon that has split. You could have a zucchini that was perfect the day before you left. But then when you come back, it's huge and tough. And you can't really do anything with it except for make zucchini bread, which, hey, maybe you want to do that. But when you pick before you leave, you're reminded, first of all, of why you do what you do. Because chances are you're going to come in with a full harvest basket. This is so good for the soul. And that's the first reason why I want you to do this. And it's because I want you to remember why you do what you do. I don't want you to leave the garden for a couple days thinking to yourself that you're so stressed, worried, and nervous that the garden's not going to be okay when you get back. I want you to leave the garden for a couple of days thankful munching on that melon that you went ahead and picked because you knew it was ready. Eating a little tomato. Reason that I want to make sure that you go ahead and pick before you leave is because this is going to give you a little bit of pest insurance. So if you leave a tomato on the vine and it over ripens, What's going to happen is it's going to start leaking juice, right? You know that this happens. You've seen this before. So as this juice starts oozing out of the tomato, here come the pest. Not just flying pests, but also ants. You're going to see so many more pests simply because you have a fruit that's rotten on the vine. If you can pick before you leave, you're ensuring that nothing is going to be overripe before you get back. Now, let's say you're going out of town for a little while. You're going to be gone for more than a couple of days. In this case, I always recommend asking someone to help you in your garden. Yes, we're going to talk about a few things you can do automatically where you won't need help. But any more than four or five days, you're going to need somebody picking. And that's the third reason I want you to pick before you leave is so that you can share your garden goods with whoever it is that you're going to ask to help you. What this means is if you pick before you go, you're going to not only be able to offer them lots of garden goodness, but you're also going to be showing them what these fruit look like when it's time to pick them. This is going to help them tremendously. So they're going to be able to see, okay, she picks her tomatoes when they're not fully red. Again, this is going to help keep the pest away. 
So you definitely want to have a helper, and a helper is going to be only as good as what you teach them to do. Now, we're not going to want to spend hours and hours on helper training. Nobody would want to do that. But we can set them up for success by sharing what we pick. And then that way, they'll know when something's ready, and they will pick and be able to bring that home to their families as well, which always makes everybody happy. The second thing I want to make sure you do, so first, you're going to pick before you leave. The second thing you're going to do before you leave is you're going to remove any diseased anythings, okay? If you are looking at your garden and you're seeing some yellowing leaves on the lower portions of your tomatoes, you're going to pick them off. You're going to get rid of them. If you're seeing some rust developing on your beans, you're going to pick. Get that off of there. Remove all of those diseased leaves, anything that doesn't really look that great. Again, you're going to be gone for a little while. Your helper is probably not going to know exactly what you want him or her to do. The least amount of obstacles you can have in your garden while your helper's here, the better. So let's make sure that we get rid of anything that could potentially cause us problems like those diseased leaves. So go ahead and get them out. The third thing I want you to do is get yourself an old school sprinkler and a timer. You can hook this up to the water hose. This is not something you have to install permanently in your garden, nor would I want you to. I don't recommend automatic watering for a permanent solution to your watering needs. But for when you're going to be out of town, this is a great way to make sure that not only does your plants, does your garden get the water they need, but also that you're not depending on your helper to have to water every day. That can be a huge ask. That's a lot of pressure on someone to have to come to your house every single day while you're gone. And it's also one of those things where unless your helper is a gardener, they probably don't understand watering in the, the correct sense of the word. Don't understand how to water a garden properly. We don't just turn on sprinklers for hours on end, right? That would not be beneficial at all. And so when you ask someone to come help you, especially if this person is young, which is always a great, a great idea, ask an 11 or 12 year old neighbor, pay them some money and ask them to come help you. And you will really, it's really exciting. It's sweet. Um, and I do enjoy doing that. But you're asking a lot of them to not only come water every day, but to also understand how you water what your plants are expecting. Those things can get really tricky really quickly. And remember, the worst thing you can do for a garden is overwater it. So we don't necessarily want to leave all the watering up to a 12-year-old neighbor while we're gone for a week. So because of this, in both instances, whether you're going to be gone just a couple days or you're going to be gone for a little while, you can definitely get an automatic sprinkler. 
this is like the old school sprinklers that I know you remember from when we were kids. These are basically, it's the oscillating sprinkler and you ran through it as a child. You know what I'm talking about. This is perfect for taking care of the garden. And so what you're going to want to do is get a timer that you can set that will go off at the same time every day. And you might be thinking that your garden is too big for one sprinkler, but listen, have no worries. They make timers that you can hook up several hoses to and attach to your hose pipe, literally. It's very, very easy to do this. And what you're going to do is set this up and then you're going to do a test run. You're going to see how much is actually getting watered. Do you need to move the sprinklers around? And remember, like I said, you're going to set this to go off once a day. Even though your garden is really going to need water twice a day, sometimes, especially if we don't get rain, you're only going to water once a day. Now, I'm going to give you my opinion on this. You certainly don't have to follow it. But this is why I say that. It's because of the fact that while your garden does prefer to be watered once a day, twice a day, and it absolutely does, while your garden certainly is going to need water twice a day if we're not getting any rain, and it certainly will, it is better to underwater your garden than to overwater your garden. Your garden may not be happy with you with just one watering a day, but it certainly is not going to drown. It's not going to have too much water. You're not going to, when you overwater, you are inviting in disease. You're inviting in fungal and bacterial issues. You're welcoming in slugs, just a lot of problems, rot and stem diseases. You don't want to do that. Set your sprinkler to go off right before daylight every single day that you're gone. This is going to help your garden get a good start for the day. And then, yes, is it going to be hot and thirsty by 435 o'clock that afternoon? It absolutely is. Will it settle down, replenish its nutrients overnight? Yes. And then there you'll be with that sprinkler going off again the following morning right before daylight. The other reason I say to do it right before daylight is so that in case we do get rain, typically that's going to be in the afternoon. That way you're still consistently giving your garden more water every morning. And then if we get a little afternoon shower, well, that's okay. It's only going to help. It certainly won't hurt anything. And finally, the, the, the other reason why I want you to set this up to go off once a day in the mornings is so that if your helper is there, they're most likely going to be there in the evenings. Most people don't want to get up and be at somebody's house watering their garden before daylight unless they're just a gardener. They're probably going to come in the afternoons. They're going to spend some time out picking and just really, you know, spend some time out in your garden, which is what you want them to do. If they notice that your plants are super, super thirsty or they feel like they could use a drink, you'll have somebody there that can just sort of give them a little bit of water, give them a drink before they leave, still be before dark so you won't have any issues like that. 
welcoming in disease, and everybody's happy, right? The final thing about setting up your automatic waterer is only do it for 10 minutes. You want your garden to be watered for 10 minutes. Every sprinkler that you have set up is only going to water for 10 minutes. Anything more than that, and you're going to come home to a sloppy mess in the garden. You're going to have, because of the fact that you're using a sprinkler, this sprinkler is going to go outside of your garden beds. This is not the same as when you're traditionally watering your garden like you do every morning. You're going to find that all the grass around your garden beds is going to turn to mud. 10 minutes and that's going to keep all of that to a minimum. Is it going to still be soft and wet? Most likely, but we're seeing 100 degree days every single day. It dries up pretty quick. But if you set that sprinkler for 30 minutes, you're going to have a muddy mess when you come home. So just set it for 10 minutes and you're going to be good to go. Remember to let your helper know that if they see plants that just seem super, super thirsty, they are always welcome to give them a little drink while they're there in the afternoons. I hope that this has helped you to sort of see how you really can set up your garden for success while you're away. Your garden is wired in its DNA to grow and produce. What ends up happening is that we get in the way. We water for hours a day, or we water for 10 minutes several times a day. It's not what our plants want, and it's not what they need. We leave fruit on vine, and we don't go out and pick it at the proper time. So what happens is it rots. It brings in pests. It also signals to the plant that it's time to end its life cycle. That is not good for us or for our garden. When we follow these few things, it won't matter if you're home or not. Your garden is rocking and rolling. And finally, the last thing I want you to do before you leave is I want you to take some pictures of your garden. Just take a few pictures of what you've got going on out there. You'll be amazed at when you come home, what everything looks like. And as a bonus, I also love to feed before I leave too. So I always, whatever my feeding schedule is, no matter if I'm not due to feed or I am due to feed, either way, it doesn't matter. I always feed before I leave. This helps me to know that I am setting my plants up for the best chance of success without me there. One more thing I want to share with you before we go today is just to relax. Remember, if you come home and your entire garden has been destroyed, burnt down to the ground, there's nothing left. It's okay. You have spent some amazing quality time away. You have enjoyed a trip with your family, and it's the do-over season, and you can simply plant again. I'd love to have you in the Do-Over Academy where I'm going to show you exactly how to do that for a garden that thrives all summer long. You can get all the details at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash academy. It's been great to have you here in the car with me today. I'm actually pulling up to the flower farm as we speak. So that's going to be it for this episode. Next week, we'll be back as normal. Hope you enjoyed this little car ride. And I hope it helps for you to be able to 
know what you actually need to do in your garden before you leave to where when you come back, it's like you were never gone. Have a great summer and keep growing. Don't stop just because the temperatures are going up. Y'all have a great day. See you next time.